Welcome to a bonus episode of True North Nerds. Hi, it's Brent with you. Um, I meant to get this out earlier this week, as we had said uh, in our previous episode. But um, I'll be honest, I've been on vacation. uh, And uh, the stuff that I had to do around the house and things while I was on vacation and just uh, generally just trying to relax for my day job kind of caught up with me a little bit. And then I realized, oh, crap, I didn't get that edited out yet. So um, sorry it's a little bit late, but... uh, Basically, uh, this episode is uh, just a little mini thing of us doing interviews at uh, the Elmville Sci-Fi Fantasy Street Festival. Um, It takes place in Elmville, Ontario, which is uh, not too far from where we live. We were kindly invited to uh, go there and help sort of promote the show via doing our show. And also, uh, you know, we had a table and we were talking to people. And I know there's a couple of you out there who uh, came up to us and said hi. Um, So um, that was great. Uh, We love hearing from listeners. It's very, despite the fact that I know there's at least two to four hundred of you out there, you're very quiet. (laughs) So it's always great when one of you comes up and says hi or uh, sends us an email or something like that. But in the meantime... Uh, here are the uh, the little interviews that we did while we were at the festival. And at the end, I'll come back and just let you know what's going on with the show. Okay, so what is your name and what are you pitching today? So my name is Kristen Kumal Evans. Uh, I'm a webcomic artist and creator of the webcomic uh, 12 of Magic and Muses. Uh, you can find us at xiicomic.com and we update three days a week. It's a, it's a webcomic about magical girls making mistakes and muddling in mysteries with mischievous monsters. You, you put it out three days a week? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, how much work is going into, into getting that done? That's a lot of content. Um, so actually, the entire story is about 924 pages long, okay. um, and I've been working on it, um, the whole, all 900 pages at once. So it's taken about six years, um, and I didn't actually start posting until three years into, into development. Oh, so you, you, you had a stockpile of material all ready to go before you actually started releasing it? Yeah, um, my oh. biggest fear was like missing updates or not finishing the stories, so I wanted to make sure that the content was there. And as a podcaster, completely understand. <laughs> but we're all, we're only like every two weeks with specials scattered in between. Like that's that's admirable getting it getting it that organized and ready to go. Well, thank you because uh, I'm actually far enough ahead that we're going to be bumping up to four updates a week oh, next wow. next year, and most of those are already like scheduled and ready to go. So. We're still pumping out content. <laughs> so you, you said that it's going to be 900 pages? Yeah. 
And, like, does that mean you have a definite ending in mind eventually? Yeah, so the last pages have actually just finished being rendered, which is lit and colored and all that stuff. Um, So right now, schedule-wise, those will probably come out in 2022. Um, But it's letting me bring out the print edition ahead of time. So, for instance, uh, we just did our Kickstarter this year for our first volume. Um, That volume is 350 pages long. And it was able to come out um, 150 pages ahead of the webcomic. Okay. Um, and then next year we'll be doing another Kickstarter as well for Volume 2, and that'll be, like, almost entirely ahead. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, my wife is into Magical Girls. Uh, it's uh, it, As soon as I saw I'm like, oh, this is somebody I should talk to today. Yeah, your wife has excellent taste. <laughs> okay, and just again, where can people find it and purchase your wares? Uh, so you can find us at xiicomic.com. Um, our store is available right on our website at xiicomic slash store. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here at the Elmville Sci-Fi Fantasy Street Festival with Stephanie Barty, who is one of the guests and local authors. Well, sort of local, aren't you? I'm Midland. So Midland? Local. Okay, so not too far. I have a yeah. cottage in Honey Harbor. so That's a little farther. <laughs> Yeah, but we used to go to Midland, yeah. like, via boat. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's where, actually, this book is set, is oh, in the okay. Midland Harbor. Oh, really? Yeah, back oh. in the 1800s, when it was a shipping town and a logging town and all of that. Okay, so let's talk about the book. Okay. How did you come up with the idea for it? Um, I wanted to write a book that had everything in it that I found was lacking in other books. I wanted fantasy. I wanted romance. I wanted magic. I wanted intrigue and murder. And I live in Midland, which was originally a shipping town. So that was kind of my jumping off point from there. And then the story just kind of wrote itself. I just had to keep up. <laughs> uh, how long did it take you to, to get from start to finish? Do you this figure? one took me 14 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had writer's block for quite a few years. And one of my beta readers was getting tired of reading the first nine chapters. So two years ago, she said, okay, you need to finish the book by Christmas. And this was, I think, in September. Oh, so you kind of set and a hard deadline yes, for yourself? Yes, and I found I work really, really well when I have a hard deadline. Oh, <laughs> so ditto. By December, I had it finished up to 25 chapters. It was done and somehow turned itself into a trilogy, and oh. now we have the finished copy. So there's two more books? Yes, in... there is a prequel called Magically Bound. It is coming out November 2020. Oh, okay. There's my hard deadline. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, the third book, which the title is still a working title, is coming out a year after that. So, uh, where can our listeners find your... And the lights all went off for some unknown reason. <laughs> um, where can our listeners find their book if you, they're interested in purchasing if it? If they're in Midland, they can find it at Georgian Bay Books on okay. King Street. Or they can buy it on Amazon, whether it be Amazon.com or .ca. They can find it on Barnes & Noble and on Goodreads. Oh, wow. You're in Barnes & Noble, too. I awesome. <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you. Stop when you get in the way. <laughs> I have to pause to pick a card up off the floor if you get a gun. So is it BS Games? Yes. Okay. For Bill and Scott. Oh, really? Yeah, he's Bill oh. and Scott. <laughs> So we are here with Bill. I'm Scott. Or you're Scott. Yep. 
from BS Games. Yes. And so, from what your partner was telling me, you guys are making your own board games. Yes, we are. We've been uh, gamers for a long time. We actually met working at Games Workshop back in 1997. Oh, wow. And uh, Bill has a um, background in graphics design and illustration. That's okay. what he really wanted to do. And then eventually I left Games Workshop, uh, go to university, get a proper education to get a better job, ended up in teaching. So I developed some games and activities uh, I thought would be useful for teaching. And then I went to Bill and said, can you make this look good? And we decided <laughs> we'd make a business out of it because we worked together really well. He's got these great art and layout and design skills. And I came up with these really neat ideas. And uh, we decided to make a go of it from there. Okay, so what's the game that you, you've got presented here? There's two on the table here, okay. but the one that we're most focused on right now okay. is Mathemagician's Duel. This is the one that is ready to go. We're just uh, taking pre-orders. We're getting ready to send it to the printer for our first big print run All right. uh, for distribution by Christmas. So we're hoping to have it in uh, late fall. And the idea is it's a wizard game that uses math. Not a math game with wizards, a wizard okay. game with math. It's an important distinction there. There's a lot of educational games out there. Uh, many of them are boring. Yes. They're made by educators, so they're focused on what the skills are. Mm. But coming from a gaming and educator background, I found that being able to put something together that hits the educational needs, but at the same time has some kind of purpose to it that will keep people coming back and playing it. So I had some great success with this. I made a deck at home uh, on my printer when I realized my printer could do three uh, by five index cards yep. using clip art. And uh, took them to the library, spent hours in the library at school laminating them. And then I showed them to my class and I had kids coming in at lunchtime saying, hey, can we play your game? Oh, okay. So you, you yeah. did sort of trial test Played it with, with an actual class and not even kids from my class. I had students saying, hey, a friend of mine said that you had this game. I want to try it. Oh, cool. So they were coming in and that was really where I went, okay, I said there's something here. We're doing pre-orders through our website. Okay. Uh, we're cold calling and walking into hobby stores and educational supply stores. Mm -hmm. uh, get as much as we can through pre-orders. And other than that, we're either going straight with the bank loan or funding it ourselves to get the first run out. Oh, cool. And see where it goes from there. Uh, should be enough to get this out because once it hits and takes off and people start seeing it, we're getting such good feedback from educators and uh, parents that we think yeah, it's going to end up in a lot of schools. A lot of teachers are going to get a pick it up. It's a great uh, we finished early one now kind yeah. of game it doesn't take long to explain how to play it and you can play it in anywhere 15 to 30 minutes oh wow that's so, pretty good yeah so it can be uh, fairly quick and it uses all the same skills as flashcards as constant mental arithmetic as you're adding up your numbers to see if you've achieved the, achieved the level that you need to cast your spell but because it's for a purpose they forget they're doing the math because yeah. they're not doing it for math's sake they're doing it to cast a spell to win the game the math is just intrinsic to how they get to that step. Yeah. So once we, that gets out there, again, through our own website, um, we're doing a lot of the social media stuff, a lot of events and things like that, just for awareness. But as far as funding goes, yeah, we're just going to see if we can get this one ourselves on a small print run and then see what we need to do from there. So speaking of which, if people mm -hmm. want to follow along and yeah. purchase the game later on, where's the best place to find you on the internet? Uh, the website is bsgames.ca. Not dot com dot ca and we're on instagram twitter and facebook as bs games ca there are a few other people who have used bs games so that's why we're bs games ca Yay. but that's for a business saying we're, we're registered as bs games yeah. so you'll find us uh, in canada under that so bs games ca awesome Hello.
We're here with the the cosplaying guest of honor, Vanya. Did I get it right? Correct. Sweet. At the Elmville Street Fan, ugh, the Elm. heat's getting to me. Sci-fi fantasy Sci- street party. Oh, see, that's a professional. I did, I did my research. <laughs> so uh, you traveled up here from. The, the United States, am I Yes, I'm, I'm right across the borders. It's not as impressive as it sounds. Well, yeah, it's still a little <laughs> ways. So how's your day going so far? Pretty good? Good. Very warm. Uh, yeah. Very, very warm. My costume is t- entirely out of synthetic fabrics, and it does not breathe. So add a wig on top of that. There is nowhere for cold air to get to me, so... Speaking of which, it is a very amazing costume. How long does it is the process from start to kind of first finish because uh, we're friends with a cosplayer and we know it's Nothing's never ever completely done. done uh, see this costume is not the best example of that because um, I, I have costumes that I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on um, like I have one that the amount of embroidery and beading on it I marathoned all 20 seasons of Law and Order SVU while doing it oh. <laughs> so there's your example of a costume that takes a lot of care and a lot of time and everything done by hand this was a um, a weekend project right before KatsuCon, I think it was 2015. Oh, okay. I made the entirety of this in two days. In I did not two sleep. days. That's I had, really of course, good. like planned it out, drawn sketches, yeah. figured out, like I knew exactly what I wanted. I think for me the longest, the longest part of making the costume is thinking about it. Okay. Because I plan it all out in my head, how to pattern it, how to build it, how to make everything, and then just blitz it all in one go. So where do you, how do you go about choosing stuff? Is it just basically like thinking of what you want to do and something inspires or do you like go out and look for things in particular the list of things i want to do is so long i never really have to go looking for anything um this costume it's an original design based on a character from a book who has very little description okay um the only description is like uh an elf who lives in the woods who has gray hair and wears a silver cloak Oh, okay. So, besides that, I could do pretty much everything that I wanted with it. So, I do a lot of cosplay from Tolkien's Silmarillion because there's a lot of elves. They have very little description, so it's free reign to, like, do whatever you want to do. But then, basically, there's other people who will see it on the the tags and Instagram. Like, you know, if you do an original fantasy costume, eh, no one cares. Like, I'm doing an original fantasy costume from this book, and then more people care about it, more people are interested and want to see what's going on. I, I can see that, especially like things like Tolkien. There's people out there who are like huge fans of certain aspects of it, like or like the books, or they're fans of the the Lord of the Rings movies, like specifically yes. one or the other, or and sometimes the, both. the fandom is very deep. So yeah. you can do the most obscure thing, and someone at every convention is going to know what you are. Um, I did. I don't know if anyone listening knows the Silmarillion, but I did Mithros, who's a, an elven prince, and his most, um, I guess, most noticeable feature is red hair and is missing a hand. So I had my hand like all wrapped up in a bloody bandage and had red hair, and I was an elf. And when someone gets it, they are so thrilled that you cosplayed the most obscure thing <laughs> that they never expected to see at a con. Uh, but I do do a lot of like Star Wars and World of Warcraft and stuff too. So, do you have a plan for your next one? Like, do you already know what you're doing next? I've got a couple in progress. I'm playing. I'm doing my player character from World of Warcraft. Oh, um, okay. The outfit that he's been wearing for a, a long time. So, another elf, just bigger ears this time. <laughs> um, and then I'm doing Minerva from Captain Marvel, the the blue girl with the sniper rifle. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. that's, I bought the action figure because awesome. I just love the design. Of She's that. got a Funko Pop now. Does she? Yeah, it was oh, a wow. San Diego exclusive, but then it's now at GameStop as well. Oh, okay. So you can hope, hopefully I'll well, find that's, it at GameStop. And that's if it gets to GameStop so, or EB's up, up, up here. here. Yeah. It's, the, the, it's questionable. There, There is a weird toy sort of borderline. Like we went into your area to go toy hunting like two weeks ago so yeah the the little there's a GameStop in every dinky town in new york so you just got to cross the border because you also there's also a uh, think geek store in the wall in galleria which they're is closing nice. everything's on sale no. oh. the think geek as a whole is shutting down yeah because it's being absorbed into, into GameStop. Yeah, proper. And i should have bought the provocas oh maybe we'll go back you should <laughs> Um, that's the thing I love about these is like we just start and then somebody nerds out about something and then everybody <laughs> and they just keep going yeah so what's the next uh, convention or con thing that you're going to do do you know yet um, I'm going to Boston Fan Expo that's about mid-August Ooh, nice. it's I think the week before uh, Fan Expo Canada yeah I'm judging for the Masters of Cosplay championships oh. there okay, last, cool. last year I judged the final round in Toronto but they want to move the judges around so it's not the same people at the same cons every well, year. That's kind of yeah. good. So I'm doing Boston this year, hopefully Florida next year. And uh, if our listeners want to check out more photos of your, your costumes, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as at Rattle and Burn. Or you can find me by my website, vanyayant.com. Thanks a lot. So that was uh, our little bits of interviews from uh, Elmville Sci-Fi Fantasy Street Festival. Uh, we had a lot of fun, it, it, except it was really, really hot. It, it, and, you know, you can't blame the organizers for that. That's it, just how the weather goes. Like, uh, we, we all drank at least, like, three liters of various liquids the, during the day. Um so yeah, uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I would, uh, if you are in the Barry area or Elmville area, I would highly recommend going next year, uh, assuming there is one next year. And by the turnout this year, I'm pretty sure there will be one. Um, we, it, it's funny um, when you do these things. It's it's like a small group of guests, right? Like there's not a huge amount, but it, it, so you kind of get to know each other a little bit. And uh, when we were interviewing uh, Vanya. Uh, Jen and I just ended up shooting the shit with her for like another 15, 20 minutes after I, I stopped the recording. Um, she's really cool. And I, th- I'm thinking we're going to have her on, uh, again, uh, due to, uh, her expertise in a couple other subjects that will pop up in the show, uh, later on in the year, I'm thinking. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. So what's up next for us? So, of course, we have a regular episode coming out uh, Monday, as always. Um, that episode is Kevin, Ryan, and I. And a majority of it is us talking about uh, Kevin's trip to uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, the uh, Star Trek convention he went to in Vegas. That, uh, not to give anything away, it sounds really cool. After that, um, I'm not completely sure what we're going to cover, but what I can tell you is um, uh, Ryan and I are definitely going to be going to Fan Expo. Unfortunately, uh, we did not get press passes this year. It's just 
we know we're a little bit of a smaller organization, so we, we don't fault them on it. They've got to pick and choose, and we didn't make the cut this year. Fortunately for me, I, I'm still doing hosting duties at Fan Expo. So I will be hosting panels on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of Fan Expo this year. Um, unfortunately, I have uh, some family obligations. That means I'm going to miss out on the Sunday. It's just it's how with the convention shifting and and stuff, it's just how everything ended up. So uh, I don't know which panels I'm hosting yet. Uh, that is apparently being sorted as we speak. Hopefully, uh, once I get my full list, I will post it up on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook. Just in, in case you happen to be going to Fan Expo in Toronto, um, you'll be able to come out and see some of my panels. Or uh, come out and say hi. Uh, I'm going to try and have some stickers with me. And uh, we might have a couple buttons yet. They're they're uh, they're starting to be a limited edition at this point. <laughs> Until then, uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and I think that's all that we got, other than uh, the SoundCloud and iTunes accounts. Um, you can follow us on all of those under True North Nerds, and uh, we will see you very, very shortly with our next episode. Take care. Set your phasers to You've been listening to True North Nerds. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitter on under and over True North Nerds theme song by Kirby Crackle. You can find this theme song Set Your Phasers to Sexy along with a lot of other good music at kirbycracklemusic.com Thank you for listening and Oh, there's a big bird sitting out there watching waiting scary So set your phasers to sexy It's the way you read your books that